Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What would you advise? Have you a pair in mind, Mr. Canby? Canby reflected. That was a good horse boys and Bill was currying, he suggested. Yes, I noticed him. Is there another like him? I believe he is one of a team. Canby was correct in his surmise. The pair were well matched, and impressed by their looks and its strength, Wally was delighted and determined to have them, if possible. Fourteen hundred is a good weight for your purpose. Above that they are apt to be clumsy, said Canby. Wally agreed enthusiastically. My own idea, exactly. You see, I'll have to use them for driving as well as working until I can afford a motor. The gathering was composed mostly of good, honest folk, but plain ones. They did, however, seem to know exactly what they were buying and why they wanted it, and Wally was fearful that a pair of such exceptional horses would be run up to a figure beyond his resources. He wished they would bring them out and end the suspense which was momentarily growing greater as he thought of losing them. Boise Bill drove the pair from the stable, finally, just as a powerful machine arrived and took a place in the outer circle. New arrivals had no interest at the moment, for Wally, who was as nervous as a young opera singer. As Boise Bill walked behind the team, slapping them with a rope end, to drive them forward, it occurred to Wally that it would have been much simpler to have led them, but as everyone had his own way of doing things in this country, he gave no further thought to the matter. If he had not been so anxious and intent upon what was about to happen, he might also have observed an interchange of knowing looks among the gentlemen whose clothes were secured mostly with shingle nails and bailing wire. The team looked all the auctioneer declared them to be as they stood head to head, young, strong, perfectly matched, and he defied all Wyoming to find a blemish on them. The gentleman in patched overalls seemed willing to take his word for it, since no one stepped forward to examine the team, and they listened with such attention while he extolled their virtues that it sickened Wally, who already felt the thrill of ownership as he looked at them. "'The greatest pullers in the state,' the auctioneer made a point of it, repeating it several times for emphasis. Wally scanned the faces of the crowd to see if he could detect any special interest that would denote a rival bidder, and he wished the auctioneer would stop harping on their good qualities. 
It surprised him a little that he saw none of his own eagerness reflected in the varied expressions. Also, it relieved him somewhat. If he had had an unlimited bank account, it would have been different. But he realized that any determined opponent could outbid him, so he found himself in a perspiration as he waited. "'How high do you think I should go?' he asked of his friend and adviser. "'That depends on how badly you want them.' "'They suit me exactly.' "'Horses of that class are selling around five hundred dollars, "'but you might venture a little more, since you like them. "'That's just about what I am able to pay. "'My goodness, but I hope I'm not outbid. "'You wouldn't believe how nervous I am. "'It's such a new experience that I am really agitated.' "'The statement was unnecessary.' since Canby could see Wally's knees trembling in his riding breeches. "'How much am I offered for this pair of magnificent young horses?' asked the auctioneer ingratiatingly. Wally, who had not such a case of stage fright since he first sang in public, oh, that we two were maying, bid instantly. Two hundred dollars!' His voice sounded like the squeak in a telephone receiver. The auctioneer cupped his hand behind his ear and leaned forward. What? The incredulity in his tone prompted Wally to raise the bid to two hundred and twenty-five when he repeated it. The auctioneer struck his forehead with his clenched fist and staggered back dramatically, demanding, Am I insulted? That ain't possible, croaked a voice among the spectators. Two hundred and fifty. The bid came from a ministerial-looking person who was known as a kind of veterinary occasionally employed by Canby. Three hundred, Wally challenged him. That's more like it, but still an insult to these noble brutes I'm selling. Who says three and a quarter? And a quarter came from the veterinary. And a quarter, and a quarter. Gentlemen, what ails you? He looked at the bone and sinew of the nation who prodded each other. Three hundred and fifty, Wally responded. Three fifty. Booster faster, gentlemen. Booster right along. Am I offered four hundred? Four hundred. The bid was the veterinaries. Wally quavered. Four hundred and fifty. Five hundred. His opponent came back at him. Wally hesitated. Think of it, going for five hundred. The auctioneer looked at Wally, who could not have been paler in his coffin. Five twenty-five. Good. Now, sir, to the veterinary. Five fifty. He turned to Wally. Am I done, gentlemen? Wally stared at him, his throat too dry to answer. Must I give away the best pullin' team in the state for a puny, piddlin', Five hundred and fifty dollars, he pleaded. Six hundred, Wally cried in desperation. With the bid, Canby raised his hat and ran his fingers through his hair, casually, and the veterinary stopped bidding. Done, cried the auctioneer. Sold to Mr. The name, please. Ah, MacPherson, for six hundred dollars. A bargain. Between relief and joy, Wally was speechless, while Canby congratulated him 
and the crowd bestowed upon him glances of either derision or commiseration, according to the nature of the individual. While he stood trying to realize his good fortune, and that he was the owner of as good a pair of workhorses as ever looked through a halter, a figure that made his heart jump came swiftly forward, and with her hands in the pockets of her long motor coat, stopped in front of his team and scrutinized them closely. Helene Spensley looked from one of the horses to the other. She saw the dilated pupils, the abnormally full forehead, the few coarse hairs growing just above the eyelid, and they told her what she had suspected. "'I am sorry I did not know it was you who was bidding on these horses,' she said, turning to Wally. "'Did you want them, Miss Spensley? I am sorry.' "'Want them? You couldn't give them to me. They are locoed.' locoed he could only stare at her hoping never again to feel such dismay as filled him at that moment he had only the vaguest notion as to what locoed meant but it was very clear that it was something highly undesirable and he had been cheated by canby who had known of it and advised him to buy them such duplicity was without his experience and sickened him nearly as much as the thought of the six hundred dollars he had invested in horses so radically wrong that Helene Spensley would not take them as a gift. The single thought which came to solace him as he stood humiliated and panic-stricken was that she resented the dishonest trick that had been played upon him. Canby came forward to greet her with his hand out. She ignored it and said indignantly, I should have spoiled this sale for you, Mr. Canby, if I had seen who was bidding on these locoed horses. Though Canby flushed, he shrugged his shoulder and replied callously, We all had to get our eye-teeth cut when we came to the country. End of chapter 9